Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. So this week's lesson I would like to say is self-value. So I learned this week about uh, undervaluing myself versus overvaluing myself and where my like self-worth lies and not, you know, backing down based off of like other people's, you know, opinions of what, you know, they think that you're valued at, um, not just from a monetary standpoint, but from all aspects, you know, whether it's care, whether it's, you know, investing in relationships, whatever the case may be. And so that is my lesson for the week of just like understanding your own self value, where you value yourself and making sure that you're not overpricing or underpricing yourself, but you're just at the rate and the value in which you are at your current state in your life. It can change. Of course, we grow, we develop, but that's just my lesson of the week that I wanted to share with you guys. But on to this week's podcast. So this week's guest is all about for us by us. She is from Boston, Massachusetts, currently residing in Brooklyn, New York. She is the founder of The Bomb Black Owned Market. In one year, she has partnered with Essence, Google, Shea Moisture, Jack Daniels, and Bel Air on her NYC-based pop-up Black Owned Market. Currently, you can see Michelle at the Brooklyn Museum in the Adidas Black History Month campaign, Black History, Black Future. Recently, Michelle has been on a panel discussing styling your success on behalf of WeWork, J. Crew, and LinkedIn, and has an upcoming event with the founder of One United, the largest Black-owned bank, and a women event that's to come. So be on the lookout um, for that. But welcome, Michelle, to the Fearless Kia podcast. <laughs> I feel like it was like, oh, girl, yes, black, 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 black. I'm all for it. Yeah, it was a lot. That I mean, but it's good to hear. Also, your intro. I was actually, I actually prayed about that this morning. So that's crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. So alignment. Well, I'm hoping, alignment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I was alignment. like, let me make sure this is tall yeah. talk. Like, yeah. You designed a lot, and it's only about what two. Two months into the new year, yeah. and then a year into the bomb. The bomb. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's a blessing, honestly. It's crazy because, like I said before, you're the fourth person that told me that. Like, I feel like the bomb has been around forever, and it has been around forever in my head, but it's just everything's happening. But I've been laying those tracks, and this is what's coming up of the, the tracks. Amen. Amen. So, I want to get into the conversation, and I mm-hmm. usually ask, like, what is your deepest fear? Um, okay. Good question. So my deepest fear is not being aligned with who I am or living a life that's not aligned with who I am. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so where did that fear develop from? Um, I think as of recently with all these stuff that's been coming up, whether it be the Adidas campaign, the J crew campaign, and all these brands like validating who I am and people, I guess, recognizing or knowing about me because of these things. Um, it made me realize that I didn't have to change who I was to become this person. Like mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be this person and now people are just starting to recognize. Um, and I didn't have to like be anything that I didn't have to curate an Instagram. I didn't have to do photo shoots. <laughs> I, just <laughs> to, I just had to live a life that was authentically me and fight for the people that I love so dearly. Um, and people just are recognizing it now. And, and just to be recognized too is not just 
it's not an arrogant thing. It's not something that I'm like, oh, like I'm in the Brooklyn Museum now. It's one of those things where I'm thankful, but there's just still so much more work to do. Right. Yeah. So how do you... How have you processed the overwhelming response, I'm sure, with brands <laughs> reaching out to you now and, and still, you know, remaining authentic in who you are at yeah. the process, right? Because some people with acclaim come mm-hmm. a lot of other, yeah. you know, characteristics of things. And it seems, mm-hmm. um, you know, being your friend and knowing you for a yeah. while, like you've remained humble and yeah. at the same, you know, the same person that I know <laughs> since for, we used to work back at Turner. Right. So I, <laughs> how do you, how yeah. do you remain like centered mm-hmm. with um, the acclaim that's coming now? Well, first and foremost, I think it's, it's, like I said before, it's the work that still has to be done. If I start acting like I'm bigger than my britches, then shit stalls, you know, it starts to fall apart. And um, with me and being centered in like my spirituality and God, like I think, especially this past year with everything that happened, like losing my job in March 2017 and actually going full time with the bomb, like I had to really be strong in my faith and ask God what the right next step was. So I think being aligned with my spirituality and also like making sure that my parents don't think I'm crazy (laughs) because they are like, why don't you just go back and get a nine to five? Not my mom, but more so my dad, but he's an entrepreneur as well. Um, It's just it's just really understanding that this is there's a bigger picture. Right. And I I don't feel like I should go back to a nine to five that I feel strongly in. Um, But I feel like I do have to kind of weather this storm, although it does look great from the outside there's just you know my bank account's not looking right right now um and that's a little bit uneasy but just knowing that you know the work is bigger than me and I just have to continue how long have you thought about the idea for the bomb and Mm. outside of losing you know your job in March 2017 what Mm. really propelled you to throw everything into this idea yeah so I'm gonna go back probably three years when I got laid off the first time so After leaving Turner, Mm -hmm. um, I went to a small marketing agency called Jack Morton. And that was like my first job in marketing. And I realized that the people, the people, they're always great when you start. They're like, you know, we're going to nurture you. We're going to build you. And um, they really didn't do that. So they kind of just kicked me to the wayside. And I, being 26 at the time, I was like, I didn't understand what that meant. I'm like, nobody's going to ever hire me again. Like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Um, But... What I realized is I took that three months and it honestly was like, I never want anybody to be responsible for my fate. Like I want to create something, whether it's entrepreneurial or whatever, that I have, you know, enough income to actually determine my own fate. So that's what I I started to kind of look into what avenues or resources I had. And the first one being helping my dad rebuild his business. Uh, My dad is an entrepreneur. He owns a beauty supply store and started in 1988. Um, when I was born. And that was really the first Black-owned business in our area of Massachusetts at the time. Mm. So um, my dad, being in his 60s, I'm like, okay, I could help him revamp it and, you know, make it digital, make it online, make it e-commerce. Um, but eventually I got a job at MTV and I was like, yeah, I'll put that on pause for a little bit. But still, <laughs> I wanted to, this Black-owned thing kept coming up in my head and I'm like, Black-owned. I want, I want all the products in his beauty supply store to be Black-owned. And that was probably, I want to say, 2015. Um, I was killing my job at MTV, honed in on my skills, like regained my value in marketing and really just kind of took it to the next level. Um, eventually applied for a marketing manager position at a small company called Influencer at the time and um, that was another one. That was the first time I was kind of like leading my own team. I was their first marketing right. hire. Um, 25K increase in salary. So that felt good too. 
But um, while I was doing the work there, um, that's when the bomb came into play. Um, and just seeing that there was this huge disparity and reading that Black people have over like $1.2 trillion in buying power, but only two cents of every dollar goes back into Black-owned businesses. Mm. And coming from a family of Black-owned businesses, I'm just like, I can't let this, you know, this stat just come across and not do anything about it. So I started attending shopping experiences like the BK Flea, mm. um, Schmorgisberg, and I saw that there was very few of us in there. <laughs> and there was... um. There was a few Black-owned businesses that I knew of at the time. And I was like, all right, I'm going to just, you know, shop here and do my thing. And eventually I was like, what if there was a space that existed like the BK Flea or Smorgasburg, but was all Black? And it was a real experience, not just like a typical flea market. Like we could really blow it out the park. So I depleted all of my savings to Mm. make the first and second one happen. Mm. Yeah. So did you see any return on your investment from the first or the second one? I broke even. (laughs) So... The first one I actually lost money. The second one I broke even. Okay. Um, but that's that's fine. I my first year in business was really to pr- to prove that the concept worked. Right. And, and that I people were interested in it. Right. Um, so this year is all about strengthening the community and just what we're going to do to make this a sustainable business. Word. So mm-hmm. talking about being laid off twice. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that for you individually, personally? How did you deal with the fear i'm sure at the time being like okay i love turner i'm into my first marketing job mm-hmm. um the fear of you know being let go and yeah. not really knowing where your next dollar is coming from because mm-hmm. that is the reality that a lot of us may or may not face <laughs> yeah but um how was that for you take us through that like mindset at the time yeah. um so when i got laid off the first time i was so afraid because that was the first time it ever happened to me but there was this wonderful thing called unemployment and my rent was a lot lower okay so i was just like oh this is actually not that bad so i made sure that i'm like i'm not sure if i'm ever gonna have this chance to just really be without a job without a nine to five so let me take advantage like let me you know do i need to do um take full advantage of my day um but i still was very fearful and i remember in that time thinking that i'll never get a really good job again and being like you know being hired by mtv which is a huge powerhouse name and having that on your resume Mm -hmm. um i think that shifted my mindset too like you're still of value and those people can't take anything away from you um even though they let you go but the process also that i learned with being like in a corporate america you have to find teams that are willing to invest in you right um and i don't think my previous bosses were willing to do that but the second time around i was laid off honestly the bomb was already in full play we already we already had hosted the first one so i honestly probably i think i remember like running out not running out of the office because that would have been a little extra but like walking out (laughs) confidently and saying i kind of already wanted to leave anyway and saying that this is just not the end all be all and that day i actually saw get out and it just made it all made sense (laughs) yeah i saw it laughing i just seen get out and next thing you know yeah and i remember leading up to being laid off too i was speaking to one of my vendors um tracy chambers vintage and i was like i really don't want to be at my job anymore like the Mm. day before and i was like i don't want to be there i just feel like any time away that's taken from the bomb is like lost time Mm. so she was just like you don't have any kids um this is the time to do it like your money is yours and she's like you never know when you're going to be in this position again so she's like i suggest like either you kind of confront them on it and literally i was going in the next day i had everything um, written out what I was going to say to them and actually asked them for like to give me like a little bit of a severance. Mm-hmm. But what happened was they laid me off before I had that meeting uh, and they gave me a severance that paid me like 
six well I negotiated also. Right. They paid me like up to a six month severance and I collected unemployment. So had I had gone with my approach, I would have gotten none of that. Right. So I think God was already like, Look, this is this is the route you need to go. That was further validation. Right. So up until December of twenty seventeen, I've just been living and doing the bomb. Right. Like How did you know? Um what kind of burning desire, how did you feel knowing like this was your passion and this mm-hmm. is the only thing that you feel like will fulfill you in life? Mm-hmm. The bomb. I felt at peace. There was mm. no resistance. Yeah. And I remember asking God, like, I wish every, well, this is how this makes me feel. And now I know whether it's in my like love relationships or personal relationships. Like, this is how I want to feel. I want to feel at peace. I don't want to feel any resistance. Girl. You know, <laughs> so, Hello. so now that I now that I know what that feels, that's how I want to feel and everything. And I know that's that's what right feels like. Mm. Yeah, that's a very important yeah. concept that you said you want to feel at peace and that you know that. Do you feel like given the chaotic kind of career corporate mm-hmm. trajectory mm-hmm. Um, that that is kind of the feeling that you always knew that you wanted the emotion mm-hmm. less about stability and more about yeah. peace. Right. Because yeah. everybody wants stability. Yeah. But you like. Stability can come in so many different right. shapes and forms. Yeah. Um, you can be in a stable relationship and that should be tragic. Exactly. <laughs> Too comfortable. Too comfortable. So, exactly. No, I feel like I was never at peace in corporate until I got to like MTV and I start. I started honing in on like my skill set and realizing mm-hmm. my value. Before that, I was just kind of just a black girl trying to survive in corporate and you know how tragic. Oh, gosh. Oh, Lord. So, yeah. So let's talk about, you know, now that you are a full-time entrepreneur, which is 24-7, right? Mm -hmm. It's no longer that nine-to-five lock. Mm -hmm. Talk about the, you know, the challenges of being an entrepreneur and how you have um, pushed through them as they've approached, Mm -hmm. um, just as something that, a lot of people who are either interested in being entrepreneurs mm-hmm. or interested in kind of like taking the the flight and being like, you know yeah. what? All right. This is my last day. I'm putting in my two weeks <laughs> yeah. and really going full fledged into their business or their idea. Yeah. So I would say the first challenging thing for me was finding discipline because in corporate America, you wake up, you have a set schedule nine to five. But, you know, that first three months, I would say I was like, oh, this is like I have my time. Like I can sit home and binge or do whatever I want mm-hmm. if I wanted to but realizing that like my girl my leak says you can't eat what you don't kill so Ooh. I um I realized like girl if you don't get this work then the work's not going to get done so um for every single bomb really mapping out and thankfully so much I'm so thankful to the team that I have that are my freelancers like my event producer she kind of keeps me on point um I'm a great ideas person but I rely heavily on my team to like help me execute Mm. so having those people those key players in place to make things happen is important too and finding out what skill sets you lack and hiring against those right yeah them. So then in the next um, kind of conversation I want to jump into is more so how do you take care of yourself mm-hmm. in order to be uh, the best version um, for your business mm-hmm. and for your team that you work with mm-hmm. and for the partnerships that you continue to um, create and, and, and evolve as mm-hmm. you go on with 
the <laughs> the 2018 year. Lord, yeah. Um, so taking care of myself has been uh, a big priority of mine, and I realized I was doing it even before I was doing it. Um, so I have this journal that I've been writing in since 2007 when I um, started college, and it's about to be done now, I think. Yeah. So um, I journal right um i also meditate um i pray heavily in the morning so it's just more of like creating a schedule for myself Mm. um also what else i think that's really it and just being around supportive people like my family my family may not understand exactly what i'm doing or why i'm doing it but they're there for me like whether it's giving me money or just (laughs) Um, more support yeah more support and like my my brothers they're they're funny guys because they're like you know no matter what it is like we know this you're going to be successful look no matter what you put your mind to you're going to be successful Mm. at it and them they've been to every single bomb that has happened my parents as well so it's just being and having that support system is important to me and they've just been there every step of the way yeah that's amazing speaking of in you're of Haitian descent Mm -hmm. so um I'm curious just this is like a I guess we'll call this like a, a wild card uh, question, but okay. you know, how was it for you, um, particularly being a woman who is bringing putting money back into black owned businesses, and mm-hmm. then to hear a comment like okay. Donald Trump talk mm-hmm. about you know your country and your people, you know, in the way that he did? How was that for you? And just I just wanted to know kind of your your feedback there on that. Yeah, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I remember hearing the comment and thinking, you know, he's just further perpetuating like the stereotype that you always hear about Haitians. Um, And obviously he's he's speaking from a space of the unknown. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I remember speaking to my dad that morning and he's like he he obviously doesn't understand that Haitians are the hardest and most resilient people that you'll ever meet. Mm. Not only are the we're the first black republic to gain our independence, but you know, when Haitians come to this country, like, that's their number one thing. Like, they they save their money, pretty much work every single day to just send their kids to school. Like, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. But mm. it's just... Um, um, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> you better make me cry, Michelle. <laughs> Sorry. No. Whenever I think about, like, my parents and their sacrifices... Um, trying to be clear... Um, my parents and their sacrifices for me and that being that they came to this country without really um any savings nothing to just create this family dynamic that we feel supported in um we all went to private school mm-hmm. um they started a business after four kids so they could have lost everything but they took a major risk Mm. so when i hear comments like that it makes me really angry and it makes my work that much more important because you know i'm building something extremely special to me but also something that has the potential to change the world on a global scale amen to that yeah there's importance of Mm -hmm. you know there's so many black and brown families Mm -hmm. um and with the newly released Black, Black Panther, Panther, you know, Amen. just to Black see, Panther. you know, that everything that our that parents try to do, you know, we try to make the right yes. decisions and making mm-hmm. sure that we are bringing up the next generation and making sure that we're providing for our kids. So mm-hmm. to know, you know, t- 
to know that you come from a very uh, strong heritage and a very yeah. strong family that supports you is is very important yeah. for Black family dynamics, but for also for us as individuals as we grow up and and try to be the best versions of ourselves in this world. Mm-hmm. So that is just it was just very important for me to make sure that like for you to speak on your heritage yeah. where you're from and Thank why you. it's so important. Um, I want to talk to you about now that you are embarking or. We'll say you're 30, girl, now, yes. now that you're 30. 30 in two weeks. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, how? what What are you looking forward to? Mm-hmm. And what are some reservations that you feel about this, like, age 30, right? Because everybody oh, has these. God. We yeah. all have these uh, thoughts in our mind about mm-hmm. stepping into a new decade mm-hmm. of age range. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> <laughs> Of age range. Of age love- range. Right. <laughs> the 30s. So right. so what are you looking forward to? How do you see, you know, the 30s mm-hmm. playing out for you? I'm actually so excited about it. Like, I'm ending my 20s at a really good place, and I'm so excited to turn 30. And I don't know, like, what to expect for this decade, but all I keep on thinking about is abundance. Mm. Um, whether that be financially, for one, um, but abundance and just love. An abundance in just business, relationships, everything. Like, I just think of, like, being... Because I'm just... I'm so happy right now. I'm, like, very full. Mm. Um, and it's not tied to anything. It's not tied to my business. It's not tied to money because I'm just not really making that right now. But it's tied to, like, just who I am and living a purposeful life. Um, mm. And that's just... I want to just continue how I'm leaving twenty not the 20s with. And I... The 20s have just been all over the place, just filled with like a ton of hard work trying to figure it out. But yeah, the 30s, I want to just live an authentic life, like I said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What makes you happy or feel fulfilled? Um, I remember, I think when I was on that LinkedIn panel, the woman said, the moderator said something that was um, very eye-opening, but most people are happy when what they do aligns with who they are. Mm. Um, and that's, honestly how I feel right now and I guess I didn't know how to verbalize it until I heard it but yeah I'm that makes me happy when the work that I'm doing is aligning with who I am and who I want to be as a person yeah because I always imagined myself to be this person that is working within the community um and that's exactly like what I'm doing has always been very philanthropic always volunteering or just trying to help people and just love people because I'm very compassionate but Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm most happy in that in that sense. Okay, so if if someone was to ask you right now mm-hmm. three things, what makes Michelle Delzon an authentic you? You know, like mm-hmm. what makes you an authentic? What are the three things that you're <laughs> like at the core? This is who I am. Um, three things that make me. Authentic. I'm sure there's more things, honey. No, but I don't even know. Like that's like a weird. Uh, I don't know. Three things that make me authentic. Lee, you, um, right? See? Authentically me. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Well, I come off very, um, I guess, calm in the sense um, people always say that I'm kind of, like, I look like everything's all good and everything's okay, but inside, I'm going nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I always want to, I'm not a perfectionist, but I always like to make sure things are done well, um, and I'm always thinking three steps ahead. Um, but at the core of my being, I love to laugh and I love to be around people that I love. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm just a chill person. Honestly, <laughs> it's not much to be. Uh, yeah, 
And you're compassionate, like you said. So I these am. are like these are the things with I the care. core. You yeah. love hard. Yeah. And it's the people that I you care love. a little bit too much. That's why I have to. I I, I want to welcome people in my life that you know recognize my care and not try to you know you know stomp on it. Well, you know. Another That's, podcast. <laughs> no, but, you know, we can talk about it now, honey. We can talk about it, but that could be a different segue yeah, into a different situation, yeah. which was love, you know, what's going on in the love, speaking of love, and the love, you know, and happiness. Nothing's happening right now. Um, I'm just trying to live a good life and be single and happy. Single and happy. I'm yeah. telling you, everybody is dealing with their own singleness. Right yeah, now, right? yeah. And so, it, it's so crazy that, like, it's... This idea of like being single and happy, there was a mm-hmm. sermon that I watched via one of our good friends, Bianca, mm-hmm. and it, it was so good. Um, I forgot, it's Transformation mm-hmm. Church, I believe, the pastor of Transformation Church. Mm-hmm. He was talking about just like before the person, yeah, and the idea of like these are like five things mm-hmm. that you need to make sure they're in order before the person. And it was just like, are you in the right place? And we're mm-hmm. like, are you in the right environment and where you're supposed to be yep. cultivating and growing, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you have a plant and it's on the other side of the room and there's not a lot of sunlight, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you, yeah. it's not going to get all grow. the nutrients yeah. it needs to grow. So are mm-hmm. you positioned? Are you in the right place where you mm-hmm. need to be? And then the other thing was... Um, are you serving your purpose? Like, mm-hmm. God has intended you to serve. So, you know, if you're in the right place, then you'll be, of course, walking in the purpose and what God has intended you to mm-hmm. be uh, walking in. And then the uh, the third thing was provision. He's mm-hmm. going to make sure that if you're in those, if those two things are aligning, yeah. that you'll have everything that you need, the tools to equip you mm-hmm. to bring out that, you know, idea to fruition. And then, the fourth and the fifth thing was identity, making sure you know you know who you are yeah. and what you ident like who you are at the core. I'm and, good. I'm in a good position. Okay, there. <laughs> amen. Right, so you're doing good. And then the fifth thing was parameters, right? Okay. So establishing boundaries, establishing boundaries that. that like how you want people you know to yeah. enter in your life or how you want them to treat you mm-hmm. or you know the example he gave is like when you know he was walking his daughter, he had to keep telling her, "No, you walk on the right side, like yeah. away from the street, and like there's mm-hmm. cars that are running, so you can't." You can't walk that way. Right. After a certain point, he was walking one time and she and she was like, no, daddy, you can't walk this way because, you know, the street. It's mm. like once you establish those boundaries and those parameters, people will know how to treat you yeah. or they'll know how to make sure that they're holding you accountable for the boundaries that you're establishing in your right. life. So I feel yeah, like you on a good track, girl. Yeah, I just didn't work on that last one, but, you know, we're good. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all good. We yeah. had a good time. We had a good space in our life. But yeah. I just was like, it's so crazy that when you were like, you know, I'm just trying to sing like happy. It's like, we're like working through those Mm -hmm. like stages as we're like you know understanding what makes us happy because we're we're at the core the only people that can make us happy no one else can so Mm -hmm. and i think another thing too is not getting so wrapped up in that angle and not trusting and understanding the journey that leads you there so yeah hello (laughs) yes yeah Amen. Mm-hmm. So the the next thing that I want to chat with you about mm-hmm. is more so on a kind of daily routine. So I know you spoke earlier about, you know, what what you tried to establish being that you were an entrepreneur, what your daily routine is. But I guess what is the importance of having a system in place mm-hmm. to make sure that you succeed? Yeah. Um, being that I'm, I'm a little scatterbrained at times, so it's important for me to have discipline. That's what I realized for one, being an entrepreneur. So it's one of those things where I wake up in the morning and trying not to check my phone and what's on Instagram and my email. It's really just checking in with me and what I need first. Mm. Um, and that 
I didn't start doing that until I was about like 26. And I saw the change immediately, probably after one of Oprah's 21 day challenges. But I started to continue it on my own. (laughs) Um, But that is like I wake up, I pray and then I meditate. And that's just been my thing for like the past three years now. Um, And also just spending time with people that inspire me. Mm. I think once I became aligned with who I am and the work that I'm doing, um, those relationships started to come naturally and spending time with people that are, may have, maybe starting their businesses may not be, maybe killing um, corporate America, but just finding time to spend time with those people that can just change my perspective. Because there's been so many times that I've sat down with somebody and I was like, I never thought about that that way. Mm. And I can apply it to my business moving forward. Right. Yeah. So definitely, that's a, a very important thing to just like be around people that inspire you yeah. and to open your perspective to things that you're not used to. Um, mm-hmm. I want to ask you as far as like, if there was one person that, you know, you admire, you aspire to, who is that and why? Who do I aspire to be? I mean, outside of yourself, girl, because we know you're trying to be the best version of yourself, but you know. No, there's so many people. Like, I don't want to say the cliche answers like Michelle and um, Oprah Winfrey, but um, let's say I like my leak. I don't know. I just, she's like my mentor in my head, but she probably calls herself. A lot of people see my leak as a mentor, Um, but I just love the life that she was able to create for herself on Mm -hmm. her terms. Um, And I find that like I would aspire to have a life like that, but also her her life is very much aligned with what I'm my, the path that I'm on. Right. Um, with being a black woman, um, starting a new venture that people may have never because Curlbox was the first of its kind. Right. So starting something that people may have never. Well, the bomb. I feel like people have the concept before, but it never quite worked out. Right. So um, yeah, I would say my league, and other than her, then obviously my mom, who's just a strong Haitian woman. Um, holds down the household still to this day, um, works, cooks a meal, and watches after three kids and still holds it all together. So, yeah. Amen to yeah. that. Come on, black woman. Yeah. Yes. And Malik is amazing. Yeah, she's so dope. Yeah. So what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, wow. Um, we here. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I... I want my legacy to be, I just want people to realize that I cared and I gave a damn um, about, I want to say, yeah, I want to, I want people to realize that I cared about black businesses and just people in general that may have been forgotten. Mm. Um, And I didn't do it for my own gain, but just more so I put out Um, my own money, my own finances, my own resources for a bigger picture Mm. um, to create or recreate a black Mecca for black businesses so that we can generate wealth within our community right? and um, not have to go outside of ourselves to ask for help or continue asking for help. It's more so we, we have the cards to create whatever we want in this life and just making people realize that um, and honing in on their skills and just elevating so what's next for the bomb the bomb um the next thing for the bomb is um strengthening community 2018 that's what we're trying to do um more events but also we're trying to create or i always say we i'm a one person show but i'm trying to create an e-commerce platform that serves as a blog in addition to 
a platform that allows people, business owners, to sell directly off of my website. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people that come to the bomb as shoppers in New York City, they love it, but they're just like, after it, like, where do I find these businesses or how do I shop from them all from one place? So I'm trying to create pretty much like a black Amazon and it exists on on some level, but I'm trying to create one that has uh, an exceptional an exceptional user experience. So that's what I'm working on. Awesome. And a brick and mortar store next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Trying to make that franchise. So I was going to ask you, did you foresee the bomb popping up in other cities? Yeah. So it's a, that's a much. That's on a vision board or is that on a vision board? It's it's not even, it's there, it's there, it's happening. Um, So I, I've been fortunate enough to make some really cool um, connections. One of them being WeWork. So I'm trying to like pitch them on like some ideas, but my big vision for the bomb is that, you know, similar to how you go to every city and state in the world, there's a Chinatown or there's a little Italy or there's like some kind of prominent (laughs) community. Like I want that to exist on a large scale for black owned businesses. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Um, So trying to create what, trying to figure out what infrastructure makes sense. Um, so starting in New York City, because obviously this is where I am, but then eventually moving into like, you know, L.A., Chicago, D.C., Philly, on all those markets that make sense. Yes, everything black. Yeah. So that's a much larger picture. But that's <laughs> yeah, so it's going to speak it's, the it's tongue, the happen. power of the tongue. You it's speak going it to existence and then it starts to happen. Yeah. I want to like wrap up the conversation yeah. just by, of course, number one, mm-hmm. saying Thank you for joining the Fearless Kia podcast. Thank you for being you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for acidity to pushing through to fully see your idea come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at the first bomb and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, thank Um, you so much for supporting. Yeah, um, to continue to support and Mm -hmm. just see it really, you know, move the needle in Mm -hmm. such a short year. I literally was like, girl, I thought this was around for like three years. Oh my God, you was like, no, girl, it was one year. I was like, all of this in one year? Like, God moves. First of all, that that speaks volumes to support system that speaks volumes to the black dollar that mm-hmm. speaks volumes to black owners who are looking for you know a place a platform yeah. opportunity like this it just speaks so much volume to mm-hmm. so that like so much can happen in a year your life can change in a year you in know the thing year. that you see on instagram <laughs> everywhere like it can change this and that's what i told myself i was you like change. 2016 like if you don't do this you're gonna feel like a complete failure a little harsh but that's what i needed but yeah. it's just a little push. Yeah, just a little push. And now yeah. that you've overcome your fear and mm-hmm. you faced it, it's like now you're literally pursuing your yeah. your passion and you know what makes you happy. And mm-hmm. so you know we're all che- I'm cheering you on Thank and you, everyone sir. else. This is just another way to spread you know the message that we do have a black owned market. People, mm-hmm. you know, support black businesses <laughs> for us by us. Um, yeah. You can follow Michelle. Um, I'm Michelle Dalzon, D A L Z O N, two L's, um, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you want to follow the bomb, it's our O U R B O M D O T C O M, our bomb.com on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. Yes, go out here, follow and support people. And I usually end the episode with a quote, but I feel like this one is so fitting and you're wearing the sweatshirt. So. Um, Issa Rae, <laughs> Miss Issa Rae, yes, you know, course. once said on a red carpet, mm-hmm. um, I believe it was for the Oscars mm-hmm. or maybe the Golden Globes, one yeah, of those two award shows, um, that 
she is rooting for everyone that's black and I feel like that is the quote that we will end mm-hmm. on I'm rooting Amen. for everyone black I think that is Likewise. so fitting for Michelle's episode um, and guys I hope you are having a fearless Friday I challenge all of you to go out and buy black yes. this weekend yes. <laughs> just, just, just another shameless right. plug just because we mm-hmm. need to put back into our own businesses um, and with that being said I wish you all love light and many blessings it's your girl fearless Kia mm-hmm. and I'm out Thanks, Kia. no problem